It's Tuesday, August the 31st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America exits Afghanistan and rescues underway in Louisiana. First, the world in brief. The Taliban fired guns in the air to celebrate as the last American troops left Kabul, ending a 20-year presence in Afghanistan. Fewer than 200 Americans remain in the country and its diplomatic mission will move to Qatar. General Kenneth McKenzie, who heads US Central Command, said the Taliban had been, quote, useful during the withdrawal and that the group would have their, quote, hands full fighting Islamic State Khorasan province. Earlier, it was revealed that an American drone strike on an ISKP target, retribution for last week's terrorist attack, killed 10 civilians, including seven children. Nearly 5,300 National Guard personnel were sent to help with rescue operations in the wake of Hurricane Ida. About 1 million people lost power in southeastern Louisiana. Two deaths have been reported, and John Bell Edwards, the state's governor, said he expected that figure to go up, quote, considerably. New Orleans' levy system held. The European Union advised member states to reintroduce quarantine and testing requirements for unvaccinated travellers from America. Europeans were nettled when their lifting of restrictions on Americans in June was not reciprocated. Meanwhile, America raised its travel warning regarding Switzerland to its highest level. It also warned against travel to Germany and Canada. The Canadian border reopened just three weeks ago. The UN said that leaded petrol is no longer for sale anywhere in the world and that eradicating it has saved 1.2 million lives. Adding lead to petrol improves the performance of engines, but its fumes are highly toxic. Rich countries began banning it in the 1970s. The UN has campaigned against it since 2002. The final supply in Algeria ran out in July. Japan suspended another 1 million Moderna COVID-19 vaccine shots because of contamination. The country's health minister said it probably happened when needles were attached to vials. In total, 2.6 million doses have been affected and two deaths have been linked with spoiled jabs. A surge in infections and a slow vaccine rollout have pushed support for the Prime Minister, Yoshihide Suga, to new lows. America's Education Department opened a civil rights investigation into five states for banning local school districts from mandating masks. The Biden administration contends that such policies potentially discriminate against disabled students who face greater risk from COVID. The probe, the latest salvo in the culture war over masks, targets Republican-led states, Iowa, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee and Utah. Chinese regulators reduced the number of hours that gamers under the age of 18 can spend online to just three hours a week, from 8pm to 9pm, on Fridays, weekends and holidays. The previous limit was 90 minutes every day. Gaming companies must introduce systems to enforce the restrictions. The crackdown comes amid a more general government campaign to rein in China's tech giants. And fact of the day. 5. The number of EU countries that have not signed up to Europe's new corruption-fighting office. And now, here's today's agenda. Goodbye America. Leaving Afghans to the Taliban. The British left, taking with them 15,000 people, as well as 173 cats and dogs. The French lowered their tricolour and departed, taking 3,000 people, including more than 2,600 Afghans. 
Germany got out 5,100 before ending its own airlift. Last to leave were the Americans, fulfilling President Joe Biden's promise to depart by August 31st. Our country gained its full independence, a spokesman for the Taliban tweeted afterwards. They leave behind a country largely controlled by the Taliban, although there are occasional attacks by militants from Islamic State Khorasan province, the group that launched a devastating assault on Kabul airport on August 26th. The Taliban said they will not announce a government until all foreigners had left. Now that the Americans have gone, Afghans may soon discover what the Taliban have in store for them. Another possibly bleak chapter in Afghanistan's turbulent history begins. Who rules supreme? Poland and the EU Today, Poland's Constitutional Tribunal will consider whether the Constitution takes precedence over rules set by the European Union. The hearing is the latest showdown in a protracted dispute between Poland and the EU over the right-wing government's judicial reforms, which the European Commission warns undermines the independence of the country's legal system. There have been some signs of Poland's belligerence softening. This month, the government promised to reform the Supreme Court's disciplinary chamber in response to a ruling from the EU's Court of Justice, which found that the chamber lacks guarantees of, quote, impartiality and independence. Yet today's hearing comes despite the EU's objections. The Commission had asked Poland not to question the primacy of EU law over national legislation, pointing out that adherence to European rules is one of the bloc's fundamental principles. But Poland's government has been shrugging off the Commission's warnings for years. Expect the conflict to continue. Out for Blood Elizabeth Holmes on Trial Elizabeth Holmes pledged to revolutionise blood testing with a single prick of the finger. Her technology, she claimed, could run a range of clinical tests on a drop of blood, yielding more accurate results cheaper and faster than conventional labs. On that promise, she raised hundreds of millions, valuing her startup Theranos at $9 billion. Except the technology didn't work, and Theranos dissolved, a cautionary tale of Silicon Valley hubris. Today in San Jose, California, jury selection begins in Elizabeth Holmes's trial on fraud charges. Prosecutors allege that she and her chief operating officer, Ramesh Balwani, knowingly misled investors, doctors and patients about the technology, charges they both deny. Miss Holmes's lawyers may try the quote, Svengali defence and argue that she was abused by Mr Balwani, they were romantically involved, traumatising her and impairing her judgement. With Miss Holmes facing up to 20 years in prison, there will be plenty of bad blood in the courtroom. Hybrid work. The next great experiment. Employees returning to physical workplaces after their summer break will find that the virtual world is here to stay. For companies, it raises questions about whether to hold meetings in person or virtually, or both as well as how to integrate physically absent people. Most people prefer a hybrid approach to work, combining some days at home and some at the office. However, they clash on what this means for meetings. When it comes to larger group gatherings, 61% of people in countries including America, Germany and Japan would prefer to attend virtually, according to research by Zoom, a video conferencing company. The responses also differ by gender. Among men, 
44% report they would prefer to attend large group meetings in person, compared with 33% of women. People are more likely to prefer a physical meeting if it involves a new client or customer, while for smaller team meetings, employees are evenly split. In short, expect more video calls. True Friendship Only Murders in the Building True crime has swept the world in recent years. The format in which podcasts and documentaries dissect grisly real-life crimes has proven almost alarmingly popular. Serial, a series launched in 2014, examining unsolved murders which became one of the most downloaded podcasts of all time, turbocharged interest in the genre. No surprise then that the gory cultural phenomenon is being satirised. Take about only murders in the building, a television show that begins on Hulu today. Martin Short and Steve Martin, two comedians, are joined by Selena Gomez, an actress, as an unlikely trio of residents in an Upper West Side apartment block in Manhattan. The show follows their attempts to solve the suspicious death of one of their neighbours. Like the truest of true crime fans, they start their own podcast to document the case's twists and turns, and end up finding friendship in the search for the killer. Summer Quiz Week 7 Fancy another chance to trounce the baristas in the summer quiz? For Week 7, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Which is the most populous city in Sri Lanka? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Henry Moore who died on this day in 1986. All art should have a certain mystery and should make demands on the spectator. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.